Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from Profits and Success, here to bring you another podcast episode from Marketing Motivations, and today, hopefully there'll be a little bit of some self-motivation there to get you to that next level, so to speak. And I want to start off with the fact that nobody likes a sore loser. You know, someone complaining, belly aching, they didn't get a promotion or they lost a game or things didn't work out for whatever reason, with whatever reason. But everyone hates a sore winner. You know, and you see that in sports sometimes, you know. They, they win the game and they get in the other person's face, taunting them and stuff, you know. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time. Generally, there is a lot of sportsmanship uh, out there, but there is that, you know, uh, case where you see just an ugly, ugly situation. And I bring this up because we need to learn to win and lose gracefully in all aspects of life. You know, and I remember 2001, I had a a cousin through marriage that was just grinding me. He was a Miami Dolphins fan, Patriots beat up on them, and he's like, there's no way you're going to beat Pittsburgh. And the Patriots did. And no way you're going to beat the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams. And he was just grinding me and grinding me. We were at this party, this function or whatever. you know. And it wasn't like he was really, really bad. But I just could not wait to leave, you know. Because uh, I really wasn't that optimistic. Um, and the Patriots won that Super Bowl. And the next time I saw him... I never brought up the Super Bowl or the New England Patriots to him. He did, eventually. Uh, I just I just don't find that side of me anymore. Maybe back in the day I would have. Uh, but it um, it's not becoming, you know, to, to, to gloat. You know, it really is something that we need to look at it on all aspects of our life. I was terrible with the kids growing up. Yeah! You know, at Candyland or whatever. (laughs) I was very ultra-competitive and just not a good sport. And then I wonder why I I get upset and my son flipping the board over and getting ticked off because he lost, you know. So it starts with with the top, so to speak. We all attract things in life. Just make sure they're genuinely attractive. You know, we tend to attract things in life that we don't want. Why is that? Well, where is our head? Where is our mind? What are we looking for? You know, are we looking for a job, a career, uh, in, in the wrong methods? Shopping it from a who's paying the most type of situation? can't look at it that way as tempting as it is 
you got to look at what's best for you long term. The money will come, but your passion needs to come first. And that's a, a lesson I've learned uh, over the years of, of, of my career. Even being in the insurance business for 25 years, I've noticed you know, what sale to take, what sale not to take, where, you know, if I'm barking up the wrong tree, you know, you, you can develop a scent for, for what's not going to go well, you know, uh, this is going to be a, a, an easy sale, but a huge claim, well, that's not going to make sense, you know, um, you know, when, when our claims go high, um, the, uh, profit ratios go down, so to speak. Darren Daly today, uh, mentions here's what you don't know and what he's saying is everyone around you is experiencing the collateral damage of living in other words people around us have their lives that's happening to them that they may be uh, subconsciously living out and, and I, I'll give you an example uh, Darren didn't give this particular example, but it was an example of uh, a man coming out of a oncology clinic. He was being treated for cancer. Uh, he had a great diagnosis, and he was on on his road to recovery. And he caught the subway, and sitting on the subway was a man just kind of um, I don't want to say dejected, but but uh, really feet just out in front of him, just mental exhaustion written all over him. And his kids, what appeared to be his kids, uh, there were three of them, maybe the ages of two to seven, were going bananas, like just acting up, running around. And, you know, normally when you would say to your kids, say, listen, sit down, quiet down, you know, you know, relax. There's people around. We don't want to, you know, have horseplay. And the guy became extremely irritated. Uh, and he thought better of saying something to the guy. Uh, he didn't think it was his position. But he did strike up a conversation with him, which in turn kind of quieted the uh, children down. And lo and behold, the man just lost his wife to cancer she just passed away and he did not know what to expect next raising uh, three children and he was just he was just uh, out of sorts and I'm sure there was more to the story uh, and and more heartbreaking uh, scenarios but the point of the matter is the guy didn't care anymore about his kids being rambunctious. He just lost his wife and he's going to raise these kids without a mother. You know, and it makes us think sometimes how lucky we have it and how foolish we can assume on certain things. Um, an example that Darren had given, there was a golfer, a professional golfer, I forget the, la the last name, I think it was Murphy, but uh, his opponent sunk a 32-foot putt 
to put pressure on him to make his um, or he loses the tournament and it was an 8 foot putt to me an 8 foot putt would be like sinking a 32 foot putt <laughs> but he was sinking them all day you know in that range under 10 feet and he was very confident and he got in behind the putt and um, just as he made his backswing to come in his forward swing he heard uh, a, a yelp or whatever from the crowd and it caused him to kind of pick up a little bit and he missed the putt and he was he looked to the crowd and he's like seriously and he was noticeably irritated and you know he um um shook hands and he lost the lost the match and lost the opportunity to have a um uh, a PGA excuse me a PGA British Open um tour um guaranteed for the following year and he just wanted to go and, and really <laughs> find out who that person was and knock him out you know what I mean and it, and it is uh troublesome especially in the sport of golf not so much in any other sports where you can yell and scream uh, maybe bowling would be a sport you got to be quiet but uh he went into the locker room and uh the clubhouse and the um tour official had come in and said listen you know, we found out who the person was that that made the noise, the scream. Uh, it actually is a fan of yours, uh, but he has Down syndrome. You know, and he was just really worked up with excitement, and, and he couldn't keep it in, so to speak. And Murphy felt awful. He said, holy cow, he said, can I meet this guy? And they're like, sure, absolutely. So they brought him out. And the guy had a grin from ear to ear and, you know, apologized for his loss and you know, had no idea that he what he did, um, but Murphy knew because his mom was a caretaker for uh, a, a home, a group home, and what became a tragic event for his um, accolades on his PGA was a great event for his human accolades because he took pictures and hugged the the, the man with Down syndrome, and it was really a great. Um, really a great opportunity for both of them I guess you know and 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 to me that's a heartfelt story you know uh because you hear the the bad stories and the you know the the conceited arrogant uh stories out there especially in sports but this was a nice one and Darren's basically saying, you know, you don't know what's happening in someone's life. You know, treat each case with love. Easier said than done when you miss an eight-foot putt. Or, you know, you got these kids jumping around on the subway. But sometimes when we jump out of our own skin and into someone else's in the sense that let me see if I can help them or be supportive to them as best as I can, whether they want to respond to you or not, so be it. At least you made that, that effort and you were less judgmentational. And, and sometimes we're just focused on our own life, you know, to notice someone else's. You know, we're all worked up and I got to get Christmas shopping done. It's the 22nd of December. I got to go to the the meat market still and you're running around like a banana in your car and you know it's like 
you're going to save, what, three, four minutes going across town, driving like a knucklehead? And I, I've, I've, I've learned to, to do that, especially when I'm in a four-lane road, busy street with lights all around, and I'm in the left lane, if you will, like the, uh, it was the high-speed lane in, in, in the interstates, but you come to a light, and it's green, but there's four cars ahead of you. One of them in front of them is, is making a left-hand turn. So, you know, you look to turn to the, to the right-hand lane. I won't do it anymore. Uh, sometimes I do, um, if I really know in advance. But for the most part, you're not going to gain uh, much traction and much time. My wife's like my wife. My, my daughter's like, come on, i got to get to practice, Dad. Hurry up. I said, will you relax? You've been watching your cell phone for the past, you know, five minutes. Now, all of a sudden, that I'm stopped. You're all irritated, you know, and, and that's the thing. You got to put a good spin on things. Um, and a lot of the times I'll be sarcastic and I'll joke around and I'll say, listen, I'm not taking you to practice. I'm, I'm taking you to get ice cream, you know. But as a sophomore in high school, she's my youngest. She don't want to hear that either. But it, it, it's entertaining to me <laughs> nonetheless. So Matthew Kelly today, uh, he basically said or asked is our alignment in our lives out of sync with our values? And I said, geez, that's a, that's a good question. You know, how often do we operate out of alignment? We got these, you know, hefty values that we want to stand by, but we're doing the nickel and dime, I don't want to say immoral, but wrong things, you know? We need to move our heart and mind with our values. And that will give us a a much smoother ride in life. So the point here is just to get your alignment in sync with your values. You know, make sure what you're doing for work uh, marries what you want out of life. And the real power of gratitude is being grateful for the things that have yet to happen. I'm grateful for getting a brand new 2022 uh, Toyota Camry or whatever it may be. I got a new used car in April, so I'm very pleased with my car. But the fact of the matter is uh, the promotion that I'll receive in the next 12 months. You know, start getting yourself on that plane of what you're earning. You want a $100,000 raise? Get on that plane of being $100,000 wealthier. And what do you need to do or become to get that raise? You know, uh, multiple streams of income is a good place to start as far as exchanging time for money. Time for money is good, like Jim Rohn said. Uh, earning uh, a living is, is, is good. Uh, but earning a fortune is, is priceless. And, you know, what he basically said in his quote is, you know, working on your job, you know, makes you a living. But working on yourself makes you a fortune and we have to 
remember that, to invest in ourselves, to read, to read um, not only uplifting material, but material that's going to develop us, personally develop us, to make us smarter, wiser, richer, uh, richer in a wealth standpoint, not so much financially, that's part of the equation, but also abundantly through our relationships and our family and things. And the real power, oh, I just, I just, <laughs> just said that the real power of gratitude. Uh, the next thing he says is one of the most powerful abilities is the ability to dream. You know, a lot of us do dream, but are we just wishing? You know, those dreams can be, can catapult us into freedom in complete joyfulness. The problem is most people don't have any dreams. Maybe just wishes, you know, they don't really think about it. And then he says, write 10 things down that you dream about and really resonate with them. Then pick just one and move forward. Well, he basically, you know, got me to the point where, let me do this. So I, you know, number one was learn two languages, speak professionally, um, captivate lives by my word, travel to every state in the U.S., uh, become a priest, <laughs> empower a million people, uh, meet the Pope, uh, meet the U.S. president, travel to all seven continents, become a millionaire. Uh, those were the the 10. And, and I put become a priest as, I technically could have, God forbid my wife died, all my kids were over 18. I could essentially enter the seminary. Um, but again, I'm not, you know, getting too bananas in that respect. So my top three, um, I put empower a million people. I would love to empower a million people, and it's possible. Uh, travel to every state. And the third one was learn two more languages. Probably would be uh, Spanish and I don't know what the third would be, um, but I'd have to think about that. Who knows? And you see in the world what you carry in your heart. And I thought that was great. And there's a Christmas one here. Christmas is not divisive, but all-encompassing. Different people, religions, and beliefs. Merry Christmas is not just about opening presents, but opening hearts. I thought that was kind of neat. I kind of paraphrased some of that myself, but that's what Christmas is all about. It's not a matter of me saying to a junior, uh, Jewish person, Merry Christmas, and feeling that I offended them, but no, in, in, in encapsulating them into uh, my world. I don't think they'd be offended if I gave them a gift and they delivered my mail. You know, uh, that's that's basically my philosophy in that respect. And finally, I have the story uh, of a fig tree. And I will um, probably touch base on this tomorrow uh, so I have a little bit more time to let it digest. But in the meantime, uh, I wish you guys a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday.
and I will check in with you, hopefully, Lord willing, tomorrow. In the meantime, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.